on today's episode of Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. The responsibility begins not when the door is open, but when you go through it. And so we have to create a shift within ourselves. We can't expect a diversity and inclusion platform, um, an all-male gender group or an organization to help us live the lives that we have to live. And that's my philosophy on why diversity and inclusion doesn't have longevity, because it's in the hands of everyone else except for those that truly and, and most directly benefit from it. So when I say redefine, no, I want you to take your power back, take your presence back, take your boldness and fearness back, and you shift the atmosphere. This episode is sure to deliver stimulating conversations and aha moments that may give you a fresh perspective. If any moment made your soul vibrate, please leave us a review and let us know if we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Tuesday, so be sure to subscribe and visit BlackGirlsGettingTheirShiftTogether.com to access exclusive offers and coaching packages. The coaching packages include clarity calls, VIP one-on-one exclusive coaching, and my absolute favorite, the Tribe Vibes. A Tribe Vibe is a twist on Ladies' Night, focusing on self-care for Black women with a holistic approach. Welcome to Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. I'm your host, Ursula, a transformation life coach and mental health and wellness advocate. This is a safe space for amazing Black women to share open, honest dialogue about mental health and wellness, self-care, self-love, and basically how to get our shift together. Let's tune in to this week's episode. This for the queen, sisters manifesting their dreams. Get your cream by any means and being with self-esteem. Beauty supreme and booty walk so mean. The way you fit in them jeans, you eat your cornbread and greens. Dance or a doctor, red wine or vodka. Redesign your spot and redefine your mantra. Retwist your locks and realign your chakras. Doing your squats and getting closer to God, huh? Brunching with your squad or taking a girl's trip. Adjust your crown, you guys give to the world, sis. Celestial body, drink your water. Meditate, sun kiss goddess, heavenly order. Levitate, tribe of Ashanti, black girl magic, melanin popping, whether you ratchet or lavish, whether you bougie or savage, you a gift and a treasure. You got to love a black girl getting a shift together. Black girls are getting a shift together. These black girls getting a shift together, man. These black girls are getting a shift together. These black girls getting a shift together, dog. Hey, Dana. Hey, how are you? I'm well. How you doing? I was just jamming and moving and I said, oh, wait, let me stop. I, we, we, we really have to, to be inspiring and encouraging tonight. I love the intro. I love the words. And it was the inspiration that I needed to, to be right here on your level tonight, Ursula. So thank you. Thank you. The lyricist, I have to give him a shout out. His name is Tande Day. He's here in Atlanta. He, the, the song is so dope. Just like you. Thank you. Go Tande. Yeah, I love it. Beautiful. <laughs> so we have a bunch of a bunch of hellos. Valencia hey, is Val. saying hello. That's and Dana cute. Davis and Tanti. Hello. 
fellow Ooh, authors. And, and Michelle Hall is saying hello. Hey, Mimi. <laughs> There's a lot of love going on. So we're going to get right into it. Um, everybody, I just want to let you all know how I met Dana Mendenhall. I met Dana through my friend Tanti and my new friend Dana D, Dana Davis. They are authors of We Got This Sis. So I definitely want you all to check them out. The book is so inspirational. It helps me a lot. I keep it by my bedside because your girl gets a little hiccup sometime and it's always good to just open up a book and you never know when God speaks to you in the middle of the night. With me, it's usually two, three o'clock in the morning. So Tanti and Dana D had a live on Instagram. This beautiful sister was on and the fire she was spitting. I literally was, I was cooking and I had my computer and I stopped and I was so engrossed in what she was saying. And I instantly knew I wanted this sister on my podcast because it was so inspirational. And I figured I, how it affected me. I know at least one person, if they felt what I felt, job is done. And this is Dana Mendenhall. <laughs> so Dana, can you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I am the middle daughter of the best mother, who is a gerontologist, and the best father, who is a chemist uh, that God created. So I have almost the perfect DNA. Um, I have my beautiful sister, Nicole, who's on with us tonight. Hey, Nicole. And also uh, my, my older sister, Leslie, is with us. So um, I grew up in Little Rock, Arkansas, Did, grew up what we would call middle class. Uh, my parents worked very hard to ensure that my sisters and I had the best education, the best training, uh, and they spent their lives ensuring that we had the opportunities that they had and even more. Uh, that led me through college, that led me through uh, many, many hard times. Uh, and uh, my father has been my role model in my career. Uh, he has taught uh, all of us the value of hard work. He's taught us the value of getting up. Uh, everybody falls down, but you be different and get back up. And my mother taught us how to do that with class, to do that with pride, and to look at falling down as if it was just as beautiful as getting up. So uh, I am so very blessed. Um, I want to be very clear. Uh, there have been a lot of prayers. There have been a lot of interventions. There have been a lot of uh, investment from my community, my family, my friends, my girlfriends. There's been a lot of investments in, in me. So what you see is a result of a tribe which you see is a result of a lot of prayers that have got me to this point. So I literally, Ursula, don't have a choice but to pay it forward if I'm going to do the right thing. So that's who I am. Wow. Talk about a powerful I am statement. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> wow. Are your parents still in Arkansas? No, my parents, my mother is deceased uh, okay. and my father and my sister and I and her children are here in Texas. Oh, that's good. So your tribe is with you, yes. geographically yes. with you. Thanks to COVID. So there are some good things uh, that have come out of COVID. And we certainly acknowledge the, the tragic impact that it's had, uh, especially on our community and people that look like me. 
But uh, the core of redefining no is finding the silver lining in whatever situation life has dealt you. So for me, that has been just uh, invaluable time with family, my father, my sister, my niece, my nephew, etc. Wow. Wow. Well, I want to tell you when, what really grabbed me <clears throat> when I heard you on Tanti and Dana D's live, when you said how so many of us, so many women, we will be on a podium or so quick to put people on a podium. And then when it's our turn, we will quickly take a seat on the pew. Right. When I say that vibrated my soul, it yeah. stopped me cooking in my tracks. Yeah. Where, where did that come from, from your any experiences that you've had? Sure. So, you know, if I take a step back, Ursula, and talk about what redefining no is. Redefining no is truly just my mantra to people, in particularly women, on taking failure and, and, and rejection and reconditioning the way that you think about it. And right. so when I think about women, I wish that I could say redefining was the next best thing. It was new. Nobody ever thought of it. But when I think of women and women of color in particularly, the many roles that we have to play, the many positions that we have to play, the many places that we have to fit in, we already redefine no, but just our, by our innate character. And so if I were to tell you, Ursula, that your mother was under threat, if I were to tell you that your sister or your loved one was under threat, you would not think twice. No would not be acceptable. What is the solution that I need to pursue? Who are the resources that I need to tap into? What do I need to do to ensure that what life has dealt to my loved one is reversed by my mindset, my actions, my desires, my hopes? Mm. And that's what I mean by we as women will do it for one another. We'll do it for our mates, our partners, our boos. We'll do it for our children. But when it comes to ourselves, we're silent. We hop down off that stage. We step all the way back from that podium. And it's like, oh, no, that, that, that's not for me. That's enough for you. So it causes us to say, I know from a mentality standpoint that I value myself, but are my actions that support and endorse me aligned with what I say and think about myself and what I do for others? And so we're good podium speakers for others, but we're good audience chair warmers for ourselves. And so I want to shift that paradigm because I believe that every woman redefines no and that she deserves as much, if not more, than she gives of herself to others. Why do you think we are such good chair warmers mm. as opposed to stand-up podium individuals? That's what we've seen. That's what we grew up with. What I can tell you what my mother taught me, and this lesson used to just, oh, but I know she meant well. Sometimes I get excited and I talk loud. I am a Texas girl. I talk loud. Started in Arkansas. And my mother would be like, Dana, Dana. Women are to be seen, not to be heard. We've always been taught that our hard works will speak for us, that our efforts and our dedication and our commitment will speak for us. Well, it does, but it doesn't tell the story that we should tell. And, and, and I likened it to, and I shared this before, uh, it's, like, it's like a movie. 
right? And we get excited about this new movie that's coming to the theater. And so they show you a trailer. And what they all they show you in the trailer is all the good pieces. They never show you the bad pieces. They never show you the things that once you get in the theater, you're going to be let down by the movie. And so what I'm saying is that every aspect of our lives is worth trailer. It's worth being in the trailer. It's trailer worthy. Every aspect is worth being seen. But we've been conditioned to believe you don't talk about yourself. You don't explicitly support yourself because that'll be misinterpreted. You actually let others do that for you. And I think that in some ways that has served us well, but as it relates to us getting married later in life, to us being entrepreneurs, to us being able to demonstrate that we can have both family and a profession and do it successfully. These are things that our mothers hoped for, women hoped for for us, and that now we are living through. We just didn't get all of the rules that went along with that. Wow. That's deep. And I'm telling you right now, there's a lot of love coming on this live right now. Um, I'd like to read a comment that Renee Hill said, we deserve uh, for ourselves as much as we give others. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, when I hear that, I hear that Black superwoman complex. And that it's okay to take the cape off. Because there's bricks in that cape a lot of the times, but we're still trying to fly and we, we make it happen. But then we, we diminish ourselves. Yeah. Mm. And, and, and I think the, the biggest misnomer of all is that you think if you don't speak it, that it's not said. Your very presence, your very smile, your energy, the way you walk into a room is going to say more than you ever could with your mouth. Your mouth is only going to endorse what your actions Put out what your energy puts out. So, um, you know, I love uh, this quote that my sister shared with me. Um, be, be aware that when you walk into a room, your energy and your presence will make room for you at the table. You don't have to worry about others shifting. You don't have to worry about somebody scooting over or somebody giving you a seat. Your presence will do that for you. So all you have to do is endorse it with your words and your actions. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, let me just ask one question before we get too deep, because a lot of my listeners, they've seen the book that I've posted, your book. But can you give them a little bit of your background? Sure. Mm -hmm. So I, again, grew up middle class, uh, mom and dad, family, highly valued education, um, went all the way, high school, college degree, got to college, a reality set in because before that point, life was full of yes, yes, yes for Dana. Uh, and I tell you a little bit about that in the book. I had my first upset in chemistry in college where the professor mistook the grade of a D that I'd never earned before. Uh, and, and it wasn't a part of my name, which was the only D that ever appeared on my paper. So I began to experience life's nose and it really knocked me on my, off my feet. I didn't know how to deal with rejection. Remember my mother always encouraged us and inspired us to perform at our highest, to be your best at all times, to keep that rejection, that failure, that disappointment to a minimum and keep it to yourself. But I was experiencing more and more of that and I didn't have the framework to know how to deal with that. And so how I- How did it make you feel? Shameful, shameful. Because I'm try I was trying to live up to a standard of perfection that others 
perceivingly had, and I was falling short. I talk about going into a non-traditional technical role. I went from an engineering role to a sales role. My first paycheck, I think it was like $12,000. And I gave up almost a six-figure salary to go be a sales rep because I was going to sell and be the best in the world. And then all of a sudden, I'm wondering, where will I live? How will I eat? And now I have to go tell my parents, you may have to take care of me. And so I'm taking what would be perceived by life as steps backwards. But then there was this voice in me that would never, never let me believe that because I had two things on my side. I had my faith and I had my hard work. I didn't have to be the smartest because I didn't mind working hard. And I believe just this much that if anybody else can do it, why can't I? It may take me 10 years, 10 decades longer, but if they can do it, why can't I? And why does it have to be wrong just because I, I failed or I didn't get the desired result. Why couldn't I have learned something? I know not to do it again. I take feedback pretty well. So I just said, listen, failure and rejection can't be all that is hyped up to be. It really is a mechanism by society. It's a mechanism by the masses to keep and suppress you. There are people who can't stand that I, in fact, love failure. If you ask my friends, you ask those who are close to me, don't tell Dana she can't do something unless you want her to do it. So if you really, really want to motivate me, tell me what I can't do. And so I, I say all of that to say Breakthrough will give you um, the book Breakthrough. And thank you for mentioning it to your audience and for sharing that. It's going to talk to you in chapter two about how do you redefine no? How do you unlearn what life has taught you that when you fail or when you fall short of your goal, you go sit down? That's not the time to sit down. You sit down when what you know has already been reaffirmed. You stand up, you keep looking, you keep digging, you keep searching until you get where you want to be. And that means that I have to look at failure as an opportunity. I have to look at rejection as a hall pass to keep moving forward, to keep going on. Do not let anyone tell you that you cannot. And I really want to inspire you to believe that there are some things in this life that cannot happen unless you redefine no. There are some things that have been destined through your DNA, through your journey, through your walk, that if you can't do it, we are going to be robbed of it because it was destined only for you. So you have to be true to your purpose. You have to be true to who you are and you have to decide what are the rules that I'm going to change in order to live the life that I was designed and that I desire to live? Girl, boy, you just don't even know. You are speaking, you are dropping some gems. So what if someone wanted to redefine their no? What would be one thing that they could do today, like right now, even if it's something small, what is something that they can say or do to shift that mindset? Yeah, it's a great question. And it's going to sound small, but it's huge. It's really huge. Sometimes um, and in different aspects of our lives, I, I believe we suffer from identity crisis. Sometimes we confuse fitting in a situation with truly belonging there. When I fit, I become who you want me to be. When I belong, I bring who I am and you benefit from that. And so we have been conditioned to fit. And so that creates an identity crisis because I'm going to be I'm going to be Dana. Yes. No. At work. I'm going to be like, hey, I'm Dana. Yes, I'm down. I'm cool. When I'm with my girls. 
And in some situations, I'm not going to know who to be. And so the safest bet is just to be who I am. And so that identity crisis happens because I authentically don't know what makes me beautiful. I authentically don't know what makes me different. I authentically don't know why I need to be at the podium speaking as opposed to in the audience sitting. And so until I resolve those things within me, and that starts with who am I? Who do I and who do, in Dana's case, I don't want to offend anyone, but who did God say I was? What do I want out of life? How much am I willing to do to get it? What are my non-negotiables? Many of us don't know what we won't, will and won't do until we get in that situation. And then a lot of times we, I found myself there, end up regretting decisions that we didn't make because we haven't thought through that. So the first step that we can do is the hardest step. It sounds easy, but it's the hardest. It's to find who are you to you? What do you want out of life? What are you willing to do to get that? And that's so critically important because there are going to be times in your life when the only person who can speak to your situation is you. The world will leave you behind. And I tell my girlfriends, and I share this all the time, don't confuse those who are in your corner with those who are on your side. You need to be planted. You have to be your biggest advocate. So when the entire world says no, when your family says no, when your employer says no, when your spouse says no, you have this much left. I said yes, enough to get up, enough to pursue, enough to keep going. So it starts with you. Who are you? What are your passions? What do you want to do? What are your non-negotiables? And when you can answer that question, it becomes easier to decide, yes, I'll accept that. No, I'm not going to accept that. That's not aligned to who I am. That's not what I want. So let me flip that rule real quick. And if there are going to be situations where you can't flip it, then if you can't change the situation, you change your atmosphere. You move. I love it. Everyone, if you feel like the words coming out of this sister's mouth, if it sounds like gems in your ear, I want everybody to type the word gem in the comment box right now. Gems. That's how I know if you're feeling it like I am. You know what? I love what you said about um, your knowing your non-negotiables. Yes. Because if you define your non-negotiables, nobody else can set them for you, right? That's correct. You know, for example, I, I don't eat red meat or pork. I have a girlfriend, her and her man, they grill very well. They know whenever I go over there, they know I'm not going to eat red meat or pork. This is something small, but that's a non-negotiable for me. So they don't try to persuade yeah. me because they know I'm going to say no. Okay. No conversation about it. Yes. We got to pause right there because there's a message behind the red meat. Okay. There's a message Speaking. behind the red meat. And the message is this. You have set your boundary. I don't eat red meat. You go into an environment where there's tons of red meat. And without you even saying it, I bet that they have something there that you eat. They do because you they know why? Not. Because they know, because you've conditioned them. You've conditioned them to say, this is where I thrive. This is what I want. This is how I will engage and you will get the best from me. We have a girlfriend, I will just call her T-Hill today. 
She okay. doesn't eat red meat. She doesn't eat anything but fish and veggies. Every time we plan an event, every time we have a dinner, does do they have seafood for T Hill? And that's because she's conditioned us. So let's elevate it beyond above food. Let's elevate it to relationships. Let's elevate it to where we work and where we play. When you condition, I believe everything you say and do conditions people to treat you the way you want to be treated. When your non-negotiables are clear, when people know what your boundaries and guardrails are, guess what? They may challenge it a little bit, but they adopt, they adjust, they flex because people are attracted to strength. People are attracted to conviction. There are people like sitting back thinking, oh, I wish I didn't have had the, had the willpower not to eat red meat, right? And so that starts with who you want to be and what you believe is best for you from a health sense. You condition people to treat you the way you desire and deserve to be treated. I love it. I love it. And it's so true. And, and if you do not have that within you, somebody else can redefine it for you and they may not have your best interest. Well, the sad part is they redefine it with your permission because you go along with it. Bam. And there it is. Yeah. This episode is over. You just laid it. <laughs> wow. Wow. So who is your target audience when you had this book in mind? Great question. So it's really important to me that my target audience be someone that I am an audience that I am credible with, an audience uh, that I can speak directly to from my experiences, and an audience that can benefit and relate to my journey, both the hills and the valley. So I target women. My story really kind of was born out of women in their careers, whether they be entrepreneurs, whether they be technical experts, doctors, lawyers, business owners, but women who are in that point in their career where they know enough that they deserve to be at the table, but they're stuck. They're stuck in their career because they either don't know how or do not feel comfortable advocating for themselves. So I am a woman. I have been in that position. And that's um, the story that I tell and I, I share from my experiences um, that, that it is because of the clarity that I found through mentorship, that I found through investments in relationships, that I found through spending quiet time with me to understand who I am, that I'm able to share that. So it's women right in that midpoint of their career where they're struggling to move forward. They also, in many cases, lack sponsorship and mentorship. And again, it has this cultural identity struggling. Do I fit? Do I belong? Can I be who I really am? Should I be? What am I going to give up? So how do we get away from, in some cases, that shrinking violet syndrome, that perfectionist syndrome? Because you know there, there are some labels they have for us that are strong. How do you redefine that with, with softness and gentleness and authenticity, but continue to be strong, take name and kick butts while, while getting results? And so women, women who look and who have been in, in, in the past that I am in. Wow. I love it. I love it. Um, Melanie said, drop the mic. <laughs> uh, we have Cheryl Dunbar. She said, boundaries and yeah. guardrails. I love that. Very important. Very wow. important. You know, it's very important people get into the habit of shifting their mindset, getting their shift together. Yeah. And I always liken it to um, 
Like I have a garden on my balcony. Yes, you do. And then I watch some of my neighbors out and they'll pick weeds. Same thing with our brain. We pick the weeds out and then the grass, and it looks, the flower bed looks beautiful, but we have to condition ourselves to go deeper, peel the layers back and go underground where the weeds are and clean all the, 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 the roots, the, the old roots, the growing roots of the weeds and just keep picking them out because eventually you won't have any more weeds. There goes the mind shift. Yes. There goes it's easier to redefine your no. But it's I, when I hear you talking, it sounds like it's always constant work. Yeah, for sure. And work is good because that's where progress is. But I advise everyone, don't quit. Whatever you do, do not quit. Keep picking those weeds out of the mindset, the different mind shifts to a more positive one. It'd be yeah. easier to redefine your no. Mm. I saw your I saw your garden in one of your videos. I said, oh, she has a green thumb. And just hearing you speak, I think it's important to note that the same soil that those beautiful green flowers grow in is the same soil that the weeds pop up. The difference is fertilization, watering, sunlight. So you invest in what you want to grow. So you take care of that. And again, it's not to say it's going to be perfect, but you extract those weeds when you need to, but you focus on, on the beautiful green growing plants that you have. And, you know, I, I think if you look at it as working, you don't want to do it. I ask then, have you misplaced your value on yourself? Have, have you allowed your value to depreciate when it should consistently appreciate? Can you explain that a little more for the listeners? Yeah. Well, what I mean by that is if it's too much work for you to do for yourself, have your, has your value of yourself been off kilter? Because if you're going to do this work for anybody, should it not be for you? And, and the society will have women think that when they put themselves first, that they're shortchanging everyone else. When in the reality of the situation is when you put yourself first and when you're at your best, you bring the best out of others. And I think that's the biggest misnomer. And you don't see too many people trying to correct that from the other gender perspective, because with that, they know it's courage. They know it's fierceness. They know it's boldness. And so if we all adopt the mindset. I'm going to be the best I can be so I can be there for Ursula so she can be the best that she can be so we together can be there. And, you know, what's beautiful about all of these platforms when black girls get their shift together, redefining. No, the world stage is large enough for all of us to get on there and come from different angles. It's not crowded, ladies. It's not crowded, gentlemen. It's enough room for everybody. And I can name three, four, as you can, other platforms. It's enough room. And, and, and it's important that we understand that. And the other take I took on shift was a shift can happen two ways. I can shift physically or the shift can happen around me. And too often the shift is happening around us. And so let me talk about that for a little bit. Um, one of the things that concerns me um, about the pro-Black right now is that it's a temporary shift, Right. And so as I mentor people, Dana, you know, um, I got called about this job opportunity, but I, opportunity, um, but, but I think it's because I'm a black female and it's D, D, E, and I is in right now, diversity, 
uh, equity and inclusion is in right now. And I said, so what? So what? You don't care how the door got open. All you care is the door is open so that you can walk through it. Now, I'm sure you've all heard the joke about, I mean, the, uh, the analogy about hot water. When you put a, when you put a, a, a carrot in hot water, what does it do? Get soft. Something yeah. hard gets soft. Some people get soft under pressure. When you put an egg in hot water, what does it do? It boils. Mm-hmm. It solidifies. That's good. But when you put a tea bag in hot water, what does it do? It takes water from being water and transitions it into a whole new drink full of flavor, full of taste, full of nutrients. And so I think we've been called as women to be tea bags. Don't accept the atmosphere. Shift it. Change it. Redefine no. Be a tea bag. If nothing else, tell them you're a tea bag. <laughs> I love that. May I borrow that? Yes. I'm sure one of my brilliant girlfriends gave me this. Oh, let me me read a couple of the comments. Oh, my God. They're just flooding in. You're getting so much love. Uh, uh, Valencia said this is in Dana's DNA. These gems made for now. Yes, ma'am. Tanti, my love. She said, right. Walk through the door. And hold it open for your friends. I love That's it. Right. I love you it. know, I always think of it as, um, and I did a, a pod on this um, last year sometime. If you see the elevator, you're on the elevator of success. It's going up. Enjoy it. But make sure and go back down and get your girlfriend, your sister friend, bring her back up with you. And when you go back up, you let her know some of the pips. Stay away from that. No, go pursue that. Help your friends out. But you're right. Get your girlfriends and go take it to the top. Uh, yeah. Dana Davis said she's a teabag. <laughs> I know I know my namesake is. <laughs> and Sanja said she's a hot teabag. Yes. Right. Keep it steamy. <laughs> and Tanti says she's spilling out of the teacup. Love it. Hey, Ursula, I would just love to give a shout out because um, this 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 venture would not be possible uh, without women. And it, it, it ties very nicely to your elevator um, um, scenario. Go back down. Um, I can't tell you the women, you know, reignite her light with Kim Martin. Uh, Art Cures All with Heather Polk. Um, we got this sis with Dana Davis and, and Tant Williams. Um, Crystal Wimbry, who is an author. Uh, my sister, Nicole Quillins, my best friend, you know, Michelle Nealon, Cheryl Brown, just, you know, Tracy Hill. I'm calling Everly. I'm calling everybody's name. Charge it to my head, not to my heart, but to surround yourself with people who give freely. And these are women who are entrepreneurs, who are business owners who said, hey, do this website. Hey, use this vendor. Hey, this is someone I could connect you with in the Philippines. These are women who have given freely. So the elevator goes up and down in my tribe. And I would just want, encourage you to get a tribe that has the same type of elevator, the same level of floors, and make sure that, as you said, Ursula, going up and down, that you pick somebody up and take them with you and leave them on that higher floor and tell them to start at that higher floor come just a few floors down and even go higher with the next person. That's how we pay it forward. I love it. Yes. Up and down. Keep it going. Oh, we have more tea bags coming in in the comments. I love it. You know what? Can you do me a favor? 
to put you on the spot. All those names that you just said, when you get a chance, send those names to me because I want to put them in the show notes. Yay. Just like you said, there's enough room for everyone and it would be selfish not to. This is how the tribe gets bigger and stronger. Yes. So for sure, I want to put all of those names of those beautiful women in the show notes. Yeah. You know, it's just like um, wherever you see a McDonald's, more than likely you're going to see a Burger King across the street. There you right? go. There you go. You're going to see a Checkers, Chick-fil-A. You're, it's everywhere. So yeah. I definitely I told, want to see that. I tell my peeps, I'm not going anywhere without y'all. I know y'all don't think I'm going by myself. I don't care if it is a pandemic. You're going with me. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I think we, we as women should expect support from one another. We should expect that because we're all fighting. We're all pushing. We're all striving and thriving toward the same goal. And that's, again, living the life that we were designed to live with rules that we create and not rules that we, we adopt because someone else gave them to us. Oh, I love that. So what is your philosophy on service to others? Did she go there? Okay. Yes, so, she did. <laughs> um, I think those that know me know that without service, I, I literally think that you are occupying space on earth that could be used for something of value. I guess it's, it's, it's really even hard to explain. I know that this comes from my mother who dedicated over 40 years of her life to serving seniors. Um, she took her education and made it her passion, or I should probably say the other way around, she probably didn't know it. Um, and she served seniors for over 40 years. And it's very interesting. Um, there was a point in her life where my sisters and I, and even my, my girlfriends actually um, visited my mom in the same type of facilities that, that she had uh, developed and, and, and created throughout her career. And so I just believe service is our key to entry to life. Um, giving must be a part of who you are. Giving must be a part of your DNA. Serving others, it is, it is the price that someone has paid for you and they've invested in you and the interest that you give others is that you pay it for them. I think we owe it. And, and, and I even believe in service so much that it's important for me to, to tell you about my failures as much as I tell you, or even more so than I tell you about my successes. Um, I believe when we succeed, we confirm what we already know. When we fail, we grow, we expand, we learn something new. And when we know better and know more, we do better and do more. And so I believe that service is the cornerstone to life. It should be a part of your DNA and that if you aren't given that are, are you ask yourself, am I in touch with me? Because when you get to the core of who you are, we God created us as women to be natural nurturers, natural givers. So it's a, it's part of who we are. So um, that, that wasn't eloquently stated. I don't have any pontificating, um, you know, thought provoking word service is who I am. Service is what I do. Service is what I want to be remembered by. And if it's just one person's life that I've impacted, um, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that, Dana Davis. I'm okay with that. <laughs> you hear that, Dana Davis? She's okay with that. <laughs> it's one person. 
<laughs> it sounds like you grew up in a secured, attached family. Mm. That's good. That's another show. Let me let me let me make it clear. And 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 some of you have heard me say this. God could not have designed a better mother and father from a family setting, from the values of work, family, uh, giving, you know, faith. Um, he couldn't have done better. What I will say is sometimes that over security in that family setting has caused me to suffer somewhat in relationships expectations that may have been higher than they should have been. We really getting past redefining though, but uh, expectations that may have been a little bit higher than they should have been, maybe not realistic. But really uh, when I talk to me about that, what I know is that there are expectations um, that really mask fear of vulnerability and right. fear of, of, of sharing and failing in that aspect. So when you talk about redefining no on a daily basis, you may have it, grounded and, and packed in one area of life, but you're still going to be working on it in others. So best parents from a family standpoint, um, my parents taught me a lot of what not to do from a relationship standpoint. And I consider that redefining knowing value too. That's beautiful. That, wow. That's very good. Because a lot of people can say they grew up in a secure attached home. So let's turn the corner a little bit. Um, when you were learning on how to redefine your no, was it always an easy path? Or did you have some bumps or was it just hard? It, it was hard. It was hard for a lot of reasons. It was hard because uh, to some degree, my self-esteem hadn't been tested. So it wasn't real. I didn't know how to deal with failure. I didn't have a framework to solve and to refocus rejection. I took it as a personal attack. I took it that if I did something wrong, then I Dana was wrong. And it was really, I had the inability to detach my experiences from who I am at my core. My experiences aren't who I am. They just define where I've been on my journey and what I've done on my journey. At my core, I am who I am. I am successful. I am giving. I, I, I am a lover of life. And so... Mm. For me, redefining no only came about in failure. Redefining no only came about when there would be days that I was so insecure that the sound of my own voice made me cry. Redefining no came about from giving a presentation or making a statement that I later thought was wrong or I over critiqued and thought about for four, five, six days and beat myself up when what I quickly learned is people haven't even thought twice about it. Redefining no came from when people would give you a backhanded compliment. You wanted to go, okay, well, well, maybe I should put a part in my hair on this side because if I keep it on this side, um, they, they made a smart joke about it. It came from the lack of self-awareness and the lack of self-identity that I want for me. So redefining no has never been easy for me. It's always come through what I will say is failure what I will say is rejection. Um, but what I will also say is the two teachers that have enabled me to achieve the accomplishments that I've achieved in life and to be able to have the testimony that I have. Wow. Mm. I love in the beginning of your statement, you were just flowing with it, your I am statement. 
So if anybody's wondering, you know, how do you define yourself? That is a perfect example right there. And you see how it just flowed out of Dana's mouth because she knows who she is. No one can define Dana. Dana just defined herself. Yeah. I just uh, participated in a, um, a seminar um, with uh, Dr. Kim uh, Martin Warren, Reignite Her Light. And she talked about the power of affirmation statements. Now, you know that if we asked our girlfriends to talk about us, that they would say they would at least behave and say, really, we're really wonderful things. And they'd say that behind our back. But if we asked, you know, if we asked the audience to do it for themselves, most of us would shrink. Most of us would struggle. Well, if I say that, will they misunderstand this? How many of us even start off with bad news with prefacing it? You got to pre. Well, you know, I know sometimes I'm guilty, too, but. No, not but. Get to the point. State the fact. The fact is still the fact, whether it, it, it relates to you or not. You have a message to deliver and deliver it. And I think sometimes we we, we, we coat that in saying we're self-aware. We coat that in saying uh, we, we want to be humble. And again, self-awareness and humbleness are not just words we say, but it's a spirit. It's an energy. And so some things, you know, be bold about what you have to say. Be bold about what you have to do. But Define who you are for yourself. And as, as Dr. Martin taught, as Kim taught, say it aloud. We do everything on this device right here, but improve ourselves. You turn this thing around, you put it in selfie mode, you hit that video button. I am whole. I am successful. I am prosperous. I am a fighter. I am a giver. I am in life to win it. I am in life to help everybody else win it. And that's my story. Nobody will tell me differently. Talk to yourself. Encourage yourself. Ask positive. No, no, nothing negative. All positive. I love that. Listeners, if that touched you like it touched me, put I am in the comments box right now and put a word behind it. I am. And then let, let's see what you got. Yes, yeah, so Nothing's too small and nothing's too big at all. Um, Kim Martin, she said, yes, ma'am, with a bunch of hearts behind it and so true. And Dana D says, you are shining. He is shining. Redefining no. Oh, my God. Mm. Encourage yourself. Yes, Sanja. Yes. Valencia, I am, I am inspired. Yes. Amen. Ah. And she is inspirational. See, she's made her position clear. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so we're going to start up. Yes, Michelle, I see that. I am. Uh, let's see. A little birdie told me that you are a jack of all trades. <laughs> is this true? Is this a little canary? with light eyes and a Chanel brooch on. <laughs> What's this with the journals? Talk to me. You know what? The journals actually were born out of a commitment that I made to myself. Um, there were several things that when we went into this pandemic and I just thought about it, I said, I will not be the same on the other side of this pandemic. I will be better. I will know more and I will do more. My mother, again, DNA runs strong, um, was a master seamstress. 
She made every single beautiful wedding gown to include the bride's gown for my sister's wedding. She was a, a very known, uh, well-known seamstress um, uh, throughout her life. And she did floral arrangements, whatever you needed. My mother could put her elbow in anything she cooked. My mother was a jack of all trades. And so I, I think I picked up that as well. I love journaling because it's a time for me to talk to me and to tell me what I'm thinking about me. There is healing and there is power in journaling. So I encourage people to do it. And I've been known to like a little bling bling here and a little bling bling there. And there's just something about the power of exclusivity that, yeah. oh, this is mine and it's beautiful. And so I, I started playing with arts and crafts and doing decorative journals um, and just having people tell me things about themselves and from there taking what they tell me to create um, to create a journal. So um, if you have a chance, I'm gonna I'm gonna hype myself up right now. Please go to DBD Designs by Dana, DBD underscore designs by Dana on Instagram and take a peek uh, at personalized journals. And, and, and the, the seriousness of it is as beautiful it is as it is on the outside, the beauty really is on the inside. When you are honest with yourself and tell yourself what you need to know so that you can continue to push for the life that you desire to live and the rules that you want to live it by. Mm, wow. I didn't know about that website. So, you know, you got a lot of homework to do for me, ma'am. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I definitely want to put that in the show notes as well. Wow. Thank you. Impressive. So how can people get in touch with you aside from that website or the IG you just stated? Absolutely. The best place to go is to go uh, to www.redefiningno.com. Um, what you will uh, do at this website, you will see all of the recent events that are coming up. You're going to see Ursula and I highlighted there in the media portion. Um, you're going to uh, be able to um, see a copy of the book, Breakthrough. You'll see our vision, our mission, our purpose, how we really want to help women to, again, empower them to live the life of their dreams on their terms. But equally important is a place just for you. And that place is for you to go and contact Dana and tell me how you've redefined no. Uh, sharing life's stage is not a philosophy for me. It's an action. So very right. shortly, you're going to be seeing women who redefine no in their testimonies and how they're going to empower you. All right with the technology. I love it. Look at the banner. <laughs> um, but I, I share this stage very proudly with women who every day redefine no for others and have shared their story on how they've done it for themselves so that you may connect and feel empowered. So www.redefiningno.com more about the book, more about the platform, more about women, upcoming events, and, and anything in the media. I love it. Can you hold the book up again, please? Hey, mom, that's me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Hey, Joan, I see you, my love. Yes, you are a survivor. I know her story, some of it, yes. Absolutely. Joan, please go to www.redefiningno.com to tell me and others your story so I can showcase it. The world needs to hear from you. 
Yes, you hear that, Joan? And everyone, if you did not catch any of the websites or cannot see it on the ticker tape, I put Dana's website right now in the show notes. So you can click on it immediately and it'll take you directly to redefiningno.com. And you can see all the information that she just talked about. Joan has a message for you. She said, will do. <laughs> Thank you. Any parting words you'd like to tell everyone? Redefine no. You already do it for others. Do it for you. Surround yourself with women who encourage you to do it, with people who encourage you. I want to be clear. This, this, this journey um, would not have been possible without men. And, and more importantly, as you will read in the book, it all began with my father in the game of baseball. So it, it, it won't be a, a journey that we can take by ourselves. And it also won't be the result of just us as women taking this action. We need a tribe of both men and women. But it all starts with you and who you are and what you want to do and what your purpose is in life. And so start by redefining no and answering those two to three questions for yourself. Wow, amazing. Valencia, she asked, will this video be posted for replay? Yes, ma'am. Matter of fact, anyone who can hear Dana and I's voice, share the video right now. If you're watching on Facebook, Click that share button. We do it enough with memes and any of those crazy videos. We can do it with this as well. And you can also find it on YouTube. Just search Black Girls Getting Their Shit Together. Again, you can go to redefiningno.com and there will be a video of this as well, the replay. So you, you're going to catch it everywhere as well. There will be an audio podcast that will come out in a a week or so, and you can hear and share that as well. And um, Saricia said, thank you for inspiring Dana. You have, matter of fact, let me just do it like this so you can read what she said. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Saricia, thank you. Oh, wow. This is wonderful. You know, um, before we get off, I encourage everyone, get a, a tribe accountability partners, put the ego at the door. It's okay to ask for help. That's the only way you can get stronger. That That's really it. You know, you kind of look at it. I was um zipping up my coat one day and I thought about it. You know, those little prongs, you know, you can pull the zipper closer and how it all comes together. I thought of that as a tribe. Yeah, you yeah. Know? of people and keep it there. It's okay. And, and it, you grow from that. And that's what it's all about is growth. Absolutely. Dana, God bless you. Ditto. Ditto, sister. <laughs> and I am getting my shift together. You know what? You have definitely qualified as a sister that has her shift together. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Me and my crew. Yes. And we need your crew in the show notes. I didn't forget. Absolutely. My stay pleasure. On, stay on. Everyone, if anything vibrated your soul tonight, please like, comment, share this video with everyone. Drop some gems in the uh, comment section and make sure and check back next Wednesday in a week. 
is the end of season two, and I'm going to have Dr. Erica on. She is a sex therapist located in Los Angeles, and it's about getting our vaginas together. We got to end on a good note. I'm going to log in with a code name, but I'm going to be there. It, it, it's gonna be uh, clinical, but it's gonna be in oh. a good way. Yeah, it, you you don't have to go in with the code name. This is truly clinical. I'm in and, healthcare. I have a reason to be there. <laughs> right. So tonight we re, we we redefine. No, next week we will redefine our vaginas with nice. the sex therapist, Doctor Erica. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you, Cheryl. It was an awesome interview because I had an awesome guest. You all have a good night and, um, you know, let, can't wait to hear from everybody. Let me know what you thought about tonight. Love you all. the queen, sisters manifesting their dreams, get your cream by any means, and being with self-esteem, beauty supreme, and booty walk so mean, the way you fit in them jeans, you eat your cornbread and greens, dance or a doctor, red wine or vodka, redesign your spot and redefine your mantra, retwist your locks and realign your chakras, doing your squats and getting closer to God, huh, brunching with your squad or taking a girl's trip, adjust your crown, you guys give to the world, sis, celestial body, drink your water, meditate, sun kiss goddess, heavenly order, Levitate, tribe of Ashanti, black girl magic, melanin popping, whether you ratchet or lavish, whether you bougie or savage, you a gift and a treasure, you got to love a black girl getting a shift together, black girls are getting a shift together, these black girls getting a shift together, man, these black girls are getting a shift together, these black girls getting a shift together, dog. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. If anything you heard today made your soul vibrate, please like, comment, and share this episode with two of your friends. Thank you and I love you all.